Hi, everyone. It's Nathan, your humble dungeon master for the Reckless Attack podcast. This is a bit of a special call out here. You may notice later on in the back half of this episode some very interesting and wonderful music. The Agmar theme, in fact, that is played during the course of some very dramatic moments. And we wanted to specifically thank the person who created that music for us, which is Jay from Planet Arcana. Planet Arcana is one of our favorite podcasts. They are now our podcast best friends. We've set it out into the world. Sorry, Jay and B, you guys cannot take that back. It is an official status. But Jay is an actual musician and does all of their own music as well as the music for later on in this episode and are also one of the dual DMs of the Planet Arcana podcast. And you can find all of their work, not just at Planet Arcana Pod on Twitter, but at J-E-N-N-A-S-T-R-A-U-T-M-A-N on Twitter. Thank you so much, Jay, for the wonderful music. Thanks, everybody. See you in the episode. Last time on Reckless Attack. Rixia, a world fraught with danger and discovery. Despite both the arcane protections of the Runic Road and the ever-vigilant watch of the Great Caravan, the party finds out firsthand that no one traveling these paths is ever truly safe. As the darkness beyond the runic road seems to almost writhe with malice, will tonight be another sleepless night for our brave heroes? Find out this week on Reckless Attack. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Reckless Attack. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. I could see, like, sometimes there's a little awkward pause. Sometimes I just get to delve into the next thing. But this one, I, there was an energy there. People mm -hmm. were looking up. They were like, oh, we're jumping in. We're excited to play tonight. We got a nice energy here. But what are we playing? Why well, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, as we are indeed an actual play podcast wherein. We play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. My name. That's quite a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, the conspiracy goes deep, Steve. I'm Nathan. I'm your dungeon master. And I am very excited to be amongst some of my dear friends here this evening to play a lovely game of Dungeons and Dragons. Let's go around and remind all the fine folks who all of these lovely people are. To my right is. Hello, my name is Steve, and I am playing Sylvesterlin, the currently terrified beyond belief uh, dragonborn <laughs> monk oh no who is gonna take a moment yeah to That's collect legit, himself i think yeah. and to my right hi everyone i'm david and i play kaskrin brightmane the dwarven warlock kaskrin is more or less used to fighting on the runic roads at this point david the player is definitely not expecting <laughs> any of these encounters and i am continually delighted oh good <laughs> well good news we can just shift the campaign and then it can just be like you guys are just, but I guess you'd be just like state patrolmen and you're just going up and down constantly being right. like, I don't know what's going to jump at it at this time. We yeah. switch guilds. Yeah, We're right. Right. Guild now. yeah exactly. right. But in the paperwork, yeah. that's got to be something you can <laughs> take care of in Agmar if you want. Yeah. And to my right. Hello, hello. My name is Jonathan and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid and his trusty frog pal, Mango. Checkers is lightly upset at once again having been woken up in the middle of the night when he absolutely should not have been. Correct. But it was probably for a good cause, so we'll figure that out in a minute. 
Well, at least he has to be convinced right. that it was a good cause. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We'll see if that actually works out. I'm imagining just Checkers now is like holds a court every single yeah. time he's had to be woken up mm-hmm. and does the gladiator style thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down as to whether it was a, a worthy excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain, who is glad she found self and is now just subtly pulling out her notebook and writing down a lot of questions because yeah. there were no answers found tonight no only questions no and i would say anything even sort of resembling an answer the closer you looked at it it just actually was two questions in a trench coat yep <laughs> you might say we have questions and and more questions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some and, uh, might say i i'm just glad that everybody was able to find their self <laughs> all right that's it the episode here we're done thank you and good or, night or hey episode title there yeah. it is finding yourself that, don't think I, that wasn't an option <laughs> fair enough well we'll see where the night takes us so our stalwart adventurers um had a very strange occurrence we had a lovely batch of role-playing, of travel, of description of cool things that happened on the Runic Roads as the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild continued on their way to Agmar, the Red City, their destination. And you got, ooh, you got just so close. Just so you were right there. You set up for camp the last night. You knew that like, oh, it's just a couple hours down the road. It's a little too dark to get there now, but it's right there. Our new future begins tomorrow. But before that new future happens, I believe Selv was taking first watch. Is that, do I remember uh, that correctly? He, actually, was it first or second watch? I um, thought it was third, but... Oh, cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. I have a lot Selv, of notes tonight, you guys, and it's all it's a jumble. Selv was on watch. Selv was on watch, and I think we can all agree that it's all Selv's fault that, mm-hmm. that the rest was interrupted, because... I, I only blame... Myself. No, <laughs> I walked into it again. We just like keep setting them up, right? And just stop talking. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just not going to refer That's, to self for the a, rest. A lot of, of there was. I remember there being a question as to you know how did you come up with this name? And I was like, well, what's the best way to get a big pun out of this? Way? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the long game, 12, 13 episodes deep is like no. I have laid my trap. Yeah. You anyway. guys are going to keep walking into it. Yep. <laughs> so. Out of the darkness of the ancient forests that surround kind of this portion of the runic roads came a strange, horrifying, in a mechanical and flavor sense, monster. And there is certainly no doubt about it. It is the Rixia definition of monster. It was definitely not a beast of some sort. And if it was some sort of mortal, oh God, oh God. (laughs) Essentially, long story short, is that it was a strange skull kind of shaped a little bit like a deer with some large antlers and behind it trailed a batch of inky blackness almost like a cloak but darker than anything that you probably have ever seen it seemed quite interested in self some would say only interested in self it flew from out of the darkness it totally wrapped him up and was targeting one of his greatest fears and phobias, which is claustrophobia. And it was just squeezing him tight and making it seem like he couldn't breathe. And as expected, the party jumped into action. 
but there was a lot of strange things that happened during that. Self, can you please, just to reset the atmosphere, describe, again, in these immediate moments, right after he has been able to claw his way out to continue to stave off that horror, where is Selv at right now? What is he looking like? What is he experiencing? What are other people seeing of him? Selv is right now in a kind of like a combat stance. It looks somewhat defensive, but he is panting and breathing incredibly heavily. His eyes are enormous, and he's just looking around, and he has a very almost feral look about him, and just kind of like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of, of looking, 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 of not entirely sure that this creature has been actually defeated, and kind of still looking like he might get attacked at any second. So he's still very much in his fight mode. Aside from that, he seems almost rooted to the ground where he is. Like, he's not moving. He's just kind of looking and looking for where this thing went. Self! Self! Look at me! You're okay! You're okay! And Casquin slowly approaches, kind of like, one hand. Uh, still has a dagger, but they're to his side. And he slowly approaches the scared self, trying to get him to calm down. Question. Is the skull still remaining, or there's just nothing? If I remember correctly, the skull kind of disappeared into the blackness, mm -hmm. and then the blackness almost sunk into itself, and then nothing. All gone. No trace. Interesting. Okay. Because I was going to yeah. say, checkers might be kind of disappointed that there was nothing to poke at yep. to make sure <laughs> that it was dead, but... It one thing that might also happen, too, is Mango will sort of come up out of the trees <laughs> and look upon what has happened and get a little bit closer to Cell, just kind of stare at you with, like, the big frog eyes and slowly approach you and just kind of, like, lean against you. To try and <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he, he senses that something's not quite right, so he's going to touch you with his head and be like, Cell, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Val will slowly approach Self, not yelling like Cass's, but just kind of quietly say, Self, we're here. We will protect you. Self eventually calms down. You see him blink a little bit, and his breathing becomes a little bit more regular. And then he kind of relaxes his, his shoulders and his, his quarterstaff a little bit and just says, What was that? I don't know. It was an aberration of some sort. Unfortunately, we don't have anything left of it either. You can actually even see some of the other people who had come, because again, they're still all here. You see people who are now peering over at where you guys were looking at where this thing disappeared and trying to figure out what was happening to no avail as well. Kaskrin looks at the couple of people that were woken up and came by. Yeah. So, did all of you see that mm -hmm. and kind of just ask them straight up, especially as they're soldiers? Something happened here tonight. Did all of you see the darkness? Did you see the deer antlered creature? Did the we see, ever see the darkness? <laughs> the fear deer darkness? I thought it popped out once. The deer antlers? Yes, it did pop out. Okay. It popped out one time and it looked <laughs> specifically at Kaskrin. Okay. So, it's a weird reaction that you hear from these people because there was a lot of action. You were telling them, hey, stab this with a torch. And you were trying to give orders and marshal people. And everyone is just not really sure how to react. But pretty much everyone is like, I didn't see anything. Uh, it was There was a scuffle and we saw the 
Dragonborn over there, he seemed to be running and struggling against something, and you guys told us to stab the air in front of him, so something happened. Yes, definitely. When we, we saw that part, and we saw those two guys, and he points to the people who were there as you guys were emerging. And uh, we saw them doing something. That's uh, everything that we saw. And as they point over to those other two yeah. guys, you see both of them look mm-hmm. shaken. Catherine will go up to the one with the spear and say, and you, soldier, what did you see? It is a, a human man. And he says, I was just out being on patrol, keeping an eye on stuff, warming myself by the fire. And I saw this thing come out of the forest and I saw your friend over there struggling against it. And I jumped in, jumped in to help. But I, I, I saw it. While Catherine is interviewing people, Val will try to guide Selv back to the wagon. She won't force him, but like kind of grab him by the elbow and just like walk him over by our campfire or something Mm -hmm. and sit him down just start making him a cup of tea. Stuff that just like calm him down. Selv is still breathing heavily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he had just been through some kind of extreme exertion. Yeah, so she's just trying to get him to calm down, not tell him everything's okay or anything like that, but just get him as much back to himself yeah. as she can. What was that? Did did I ask that already? <laughs> you did. Uh, we said all we really know is that it's an aberration. Self nods as if that makes perfect sense to him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hard to tell if he knows what that is or not. Yep, fair enough. And from out of the corner of your eye, Val, you see, actually, you probably hear first a small clop and then see a very sleepy donkey look up at you, look over at Selv, kind of blink lazily, walk over to Selv, and then just curl up right next to Selv and immediately go back to sleep. (laughs) And Selv kind of like probably doesn't even realize he does it, but he just kind of like puts a hand on Hody's neck and just kind of starts petting. And yeah. so it's kind of like an absent-minded thing that he's doing. Should um and and this is the soldier you're just talking to. Should we um go get the trailmasters or something? We're supposed to, you know, this isn't crazy to have these sorts of attacks, but we're supposed to go definitely make a report. Okay, we'll go. Any they the kind of the group who came, we'll go and tell them what we saw, and but mostly what you saw. We'll tell them. Why to come. don't? You take this soldier and Val will point to the one who was stabbing the darkness, and then two of you stay here for extra patrol. Certainly. And they he takes the guy who had the spear and just grabs him gently, respectfully, but kind of leads him towards the direction of the front of the caravan. As that happens, you see the other guy who is now holding a broken broom handle <laughs> in his in his hands, and he just looks at you guys and is just so we, we don't know what that was? Unfortunately, no. We, we don't know what it was. Thank you so much for your help. So I actually have a question for him. So this is going to be a, a weird question, son. But when you were hitting that creature with the broom, yeah, what did it feel like? Did it feel like you were hitting something solid? Did it feel like it was passing through? It was a little weird, like it was it was almost thin, if that makes sense. But yeah, I, I definitely hit something when I hit it. Oh God, was that was that your your friend? Don't worry about no, that. No, it's it's okay. okay. You were no. you were doing a good thing. 
okay, okay. We appreciate your help. And this is going to be weird too, but... It's all weird. That's very true. Yeah. Obviously, you were frightened. Everyone's frightened seeing something like this. But... Yeah. Do you remember what was going through your head as you were trying to fight this thing off? Man, um, it all happened so quickly. I mean, you know, you can't be outside of city walls and not be ready to see some terrible things. And, and all, I, all I could do is I saw the other guy jump in and try to help, and I decided to help too. Of course. Um, and, and try to get someone who actually knew what they were doing to, to help. Does that, sorry, does that answer your question? Yeah, you've done a great job today. Okay, okay. What's your name, son? Um, my, my name's e- Edward. Edward. Thank you so much for your help, Edward. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I, um, sorry if I could have helped more, I, I guess. No, you did everything you could, and we really, truly appreciate it. And I'll, I'll fix your broom. You can, you can do that? You can do that? I like with, like, wood nails, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do oh, not take oh, the I, mending cantrip. I'm, I'm sorry, I thought I was going to see magic no i mean, he doesn't I can show that. you magic he doesn't say that he doesn't say that. i can encode thoughts to teach you how to fix your broom if this you is want. you can think about what a fixed broom would look yeah, like exactly right. uh, i can give you guidance in attempting to fix your own broom <laughs> val throws the pieces down on the ground in some way no none of none of that happens uh go ahead i would say i do want to take stock of like what kind of damage types were affecting this thing because mm-hmm. I Kaskrin's honestly worried at this point if we should stay here the night or if we should pack up and head to Agmar because it's a weird aberration this close to city walls like that's not good. Jeremy. We are a few hours out. Are you saying that we shouldn't go to Agmar alone because we'd have to wake up the whole caravan, right? Yeah, it would take a few hours, but I don't know if there's only one of them out there, if it only targets self, or if. Other caravans in a few hours may be going through the same thing that we just did. We don't know anything right now. The soldiers are going to make their report. Yeah. I say we wait to hear from them. We've alerted the trail masters. It's way too dangerous to try to make it to Agmar by ourselves tonight. Okay. My opinion. Yeah. I was hoping to get some more sleep, if you don't mind. (laughs) I'm surprised you're still awake, checkers, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> oh you'll see and then he just like flops over and goes to bed just angrily falls yeah. asleep yeah. just to prove just to yeah. prove Val wrong now tell me what to do <laughs> fine <laughs> just then you hear a now familiar uh, shouting coming from a sleepy dwarf and kind of around the bend hearing what do you mean what okay say it again explain it to me why don't these people bubble you know is, is kind of going and trying to get information as he's going back and you see branar bronze mace one of the two trail masters round the corner and he looks at the four of you and his jaw kind of slackens a little bit and his eyes get a little wide and he just looks at all of you guys, looks at Selv, kind of sitting down, being cared to, and is like, good evening, uh, ev- everyone. So, um... Hi, Branar. It's us hi. again. Hi. Uh, usually I'd say, good to see you. Um, we know we're a hassle for you, and we're sorry. Uh, well, you know, it would be easier if I could just say that you guys are attracting trouble, but I travel with plenty of guilders, and... You might just be cursed. I don't know. Uh, but but so I've gotten some information. That information is very confusing to me. So 
Can you explain what happened? And are we, is there more danger? Is it the frogs again? The, not the frogs. I not the frogs. Wish it was the frogs. I I I don't like that you just said that. That's I, mm. mm-hmm. so. Val will step away from Sel to address Branar. I assume Cass kind of yeah, falls I would next come, to yeah. next Once to I know her. that Selv has calmed down just a little bit and is I don't okay. Think he's calm, yeah. but, he but he, he, he's yeah. sitting down yeah. and petting Hody. He, 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 is, he is currently not in shock. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. no, that's no. not totally true. <laughs> yeah. He is not having a full, I don't know, oh, a right. full, he doesn't yeah. look like he's going to like fall over a full, a full fear mm-hmm. attack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Panic yeah. attack, yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. Caspin will come with you. Val will <laughs> describe to Brenner what happened after she woke up saying, I was alerted to a problem by Edward and this other man who gave you the reports shouting. When I woke up, there was this darkness in our campsite just writhing around and I didn't know what was happening. Mm. So I woke my companions up and then we started fighting it. All of a sudden, Selv escaped from it, like clawed his way out from inside the darkness. And Cass brought more soldiers to help. We eventually, I can't say killed it, but it disappeared it Hmm. melted into itself there were some weird deer-like skull on it Hmm. brainer why are you making that face it's like i said i'm a trail master i've been on these roads a lot i've seen a lot of bad things i mean a couple weeks ago we had that that attack of the the grognorak (laughs) but that was way at the back of the caravan i think wait you guys weren't involved in that one right no, it's a grognorak. <laughs> oh, it's it's not important. It's not important. Val files that away as an important question to answer later. I'm very sorry that you've borne the brunt of this so many times. You guys have a very particular way of talking that arranges the words in the worst sounding way possible. It's just all of it. That was a lot to handle is all I'm saying. It, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's But when you guys describe things somehow it just always sounds very bad. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. That's totally understandable. And I do just say exactly what happened. So. Yeah. No, I. Okay. Okay. And as all this is happening, someone, uh, let's see. Checkers, how asleep are you actually? Uh, checkers <laughs> would probably be pretending to be asleep to spite Val. Yeah, okay. But he's not really sleeping that hard. That's what I wondered. He's just uh, like curled up on the ground. Yeah. So like, literally, yeah. He's like, like doing one like, eye open. Yeah. So he's like keeping track sleeping. of everything. Right. So you actually notice that Etris, your potion smith, has now emerged kind of in all of the ruckus. And he, instead of his usual cacophonous entry into all conversations, whether he was invited or not, he seemed to have listened to Val and then kind of gone back and now is carrying over some sort of beverage for self. Self, what would be the most, your your preferred comforting beverage that Etris would know is like, this is what I give self to make uh, him happy. So probably some kind of warm tea. Root beer? No. R- warm root beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just blacked out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sure. 
Why not? He well, no, he <laughs> no, he has done a little bit of kind of pseudo magic, pseudo alchemy, and now is bringing over a steaming cup of something uh, over to to self as this is all all happening. Too late, Etris. Valerie made him tea. <laughs> <laughs> more tea. Uh, who says no to more tea? I will say the tea that Val has provided is oh, actually still in Self's hands, untouched. Yeah, I didn't think you drank it, but I made you tea. He just sets <laughs> it down. Shocked. He sets it down at your feet and then just kind of sits a close but respectable distance on whatever log so, or um, ground. Self will pick up the tea from Etris as well and then just kind of hold both of them. <laughs> But how will you pet Hody? <laughs> He's an elbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's, like, there's like there's like a little yeah, foot. there's like Is your tail prehensile? Wing. So I've been playing it as assuming that if it eventually Selv is able to trip things, he could actually spin and knock things over with his tail. Mm-hmm. But it is not like a it is it's not, not a prehensile. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, it is, like it is controllable, arm. but it is not like it's uh, not fine for, motor. It's skills. not for delicate work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like, he could have his tail go up and drape across Hody. But he couldn't pet but, Hody with Well, his tail. It, it would be large, broad strokes, and it would <laughs> yeah. probably ruffle wrong direction, right <laughs> direction, wrong, you know. She'd be fine with that, though. Yeah. Oh, and also, not to interrupt the dramatic scene, we got questions recently. Hody, spelled H-O-T-E-Y. Now yes. you know. Now it's canon. Yeah. Now it's yeah. there. And now it is out there. So, Branar listens and, again, is taking all of this in, and... You have just filled him in on the basics. Kaskrin would give more of a soldier's report. Like, Velasca described a lot about what happened, but Kaskrin would describe more of the quote-unquote mechanics of it. Yeah, totally. Like, it took cold like damage. That. It took broom damage. These three soldiers could <laughs> see it. These three soldiers could not. It came from that direction. Um, yeah, Val's more focused on, like, it was an aberration, and then, like, this is the whole scene yeah totally i love that i love that that combination of the two of you but kaskin would also say we as guilders are here to do our jobs we will make sure that at least this caravan this area is safe for the rest of the night but i would send word down the line to be on extra watch tonight in case any more of these come out of the woods okay so it's still a little dark out what do you guys think do we need to move should we stay here because the middle ground option is I send word along, I wake people up, and they'll be a little grumpy, but that'll be the problem of whoever is manning Agmar's gates, to have a couple of sleep-deprived caravan members. Does that seem reasonable? Or if we need to shove out now, we can make that happen, but it will, it'll take a little while. I would say let's go middle ground. Yeah. Let's okay. have a few more people on guard. We will stay on guard as well throughout the night and do our best to ensure everyone's safety. You just hear a little, eh, fine. <laughs> when, you, when you say, oh, we'll stay on guard too. <laughs> Branar says, uh, all right, all right. I'll make sure that all of the guild-hired guardsmen go around, rouse people as best they can, and I'll just tell them to keep an eye out and that we're just getting people up a little early so we can move a little earlier or something. I don't want to cause a panic. Thank you again for protecting everyone. I'm sorry. These do happen, like I said. Usually it doesn't happen in such quick succession or to the same exact people. Just lucky, I guess. And he leans in a little close to you guys. Is is Self going to be okay? Does he need anything? We're not sure. He's still a little bit in shock. We'll definitely let you know. Have you heard of anything like this? 
before? N- no. We're just that cursed. Cool. Yeah. All right. I've but, seen this kind of thing before. He'll be fine in a couple of. I'm sorry. You've seen this deer antler well, darkness I ha- no, before? I haven't seen the <laughs> deer antler. That was important I have, I have seen this level of shock before. He will be fine. <laughs> this exactly, I'd like to point out, perfectly mirrors also what you guys were telling Branar about, <laughs> where you are very like, have you seen this monster before? And you're like, I've seen hardened people be broken by <laughs> yeah. the battlefield before. Um, all great. But he just leans in and he says, well, I'll obviously be up. I'll be busy mobilizing people, but at minimum, we'll be in Agmar in a couple hours. So mm-hmm. stay safe. If you see anything, try to ignore it. <laughs> and if you can't, call out for help. Can't sleep. Fear, dear darkness will eat me. Can't sleep. <laughs> Fear, dear darkness will eat me. And take care of your guildmate. I'll say it again. Thank you. I'll hopefully see you tomorrow. But if not, best of luck in Agmar. I'll look you up next time I'm through. Thank you for everything, Branner. And he just like slowly trudges with his like head sleepily down a little well, bit. Well, will like is... offer a handshake. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, he, he happily would. And then he starts rousing people. And within a few minutes, you start hearing people clanging on pots and making a bunch of noise to start kind of waking people up to get things at least a little bit moving slowly but surely. Wait, I thought we were... We're just putting guards out. We're not moving the caravan. Yeah, we're not right? moving the caravan. We're just getting no. more people awake. Yeah, it oh. was basically just like, hey, we're just waking people up early for no reason. Don't worry about it. Mm. But they're not like moving. It's basically just rousing a couple more people, more okay. or less. Val will return to self and start basically a medical examination <laughs> with Etris there to assist. Self does not resist. <laughs> Throughout that, though, she will start talking to self, not like anything in particular, some easy questions. Your heart rate's a little accelerated. (laughs) Yeah, more so like easy questions to see how you're doing, open to talking, to then hopefully after maybe like 20, 30 minutes, start asking self what happened. She doesn't want to dive right into that. She wants to have you calm a little bit and then start maybe once she's like taking your heart rate and seeing like maybe identifying if there's anything else wrong yeah asking self what happened and how would self report that he has wisdom damage <laughs> um if he does or or what how you. does one know you have an ability score damage i that i leave that up to your own interpretation well, other than you feel it okay <laughs> well actually i don't know i mean like so self would not feel himself not necessarily that he would know like it's specific wisdom you know damage mm-hmm. but i think that other people would have a better idea after talking to him of what is wrong than he would himself because mm-hmm. it's it's not like you know uh, i guess wisdom's kind of hard to do like your proverbs are not as insightful yes. yeah <laughs> not as snappy right <laughs> did i tell you the story of the beetle the leaf and the river no uh val will just keep probing you and ask you to tell that story oh. yeah. and that continues for some time Uh, and Etris would at some point even maybe when you guys are getting ready when it's kind of appropriate and you guys are apart and he's happy to let you lead kind of the examining tries to pitch in questions when he can is helpful but he would just say so um we'll we'll keep an eye on him I obviously I defer to you on on that 
I can probably whip up something in case he's still feeling well, you you saw it. You know what I mean. If, mm-hmm. if he's still feeling a little brain foggy, mm-hmm. I could probably figure out something, but it would take a little bit of time. Who knows? Hopefully a good night's rest will help. I don't know, but we'll make sure he's right is my point. Yeah. We are the river. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. yeah, yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Hody looks at you as you do that, like wakes up at that, looks at you, and then just like gives one of those big sighs and just... <laughs> and resettles back onto the ground. Um, so Checkers would say in Frog over to Mango to take up position sort of around the back of where the wagon is just to fill up some of those holes. And then Checkers would steal the broken broom handle from Val as she's busy with <laughs> yeah. Selv and then hop up onto the top of the wagon and just keep an eye out in the other direction, making sure that everyone is Safe for the rest of the evening, hopefully. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in your hands, you you can tell this broom handle is magic. <laughs> oh, <No>. wow. <laughs> no. Um, Checkers broom wielder. Yeah. <laughs> Do some like preemptive pokes just to yeah. see if it's better just than a, the just stick. To, to try is it, it stick out, better? yeah. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Midroll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. Two things that are kind of happening to Kaskrin. Mm-hmm. One, right after Branar leaves, Kaskrin is like absentmindedly reaching into his pocket and he feels the lucky coin. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, again, absentmindedly flipping it back and forth in between his fingers. But there's that moment of like, lucky, unlucky, lucky, unlucky, as he's like Mm -hmm. moving this coin and it kind of settles on the unlucky side of it, accenting what's happened tonight. Definitely. And then the second thing is, I imagine too, right before you are like telling Mango Mm -hmm. to take a position somewhere else, Mm -hmm. Kaskrin is 
sitting basically in front of where the creature came out of. Sure. He's just like sitting like crisscross applesauce, looking into the darkness, seeing what he can see. Mm-hmm. And after a few minutes, Mango comes up from behind him and just rests his little little frog head <laughs> yes. on Castron's head. <laughs> uh-huh. And like doesn't say anything, but there's just that image where Mango's just like, Boop. Yep. And Castron's <laughs> just like, yep. 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 Hi, Kaskrin. <laughs> and then Mango has to go off. Yeah. And, and, and I, hope, and then, I hope you mean Junior. No, no like Mango. a big old, like. A medium sized frog. Yeah. yeah. No, on. no, it's just his head, like oh, resting yeah. his okay. chin. Yeah, on just like his, yeah, head. resting his chin. <laughs> I was literally just like. Cass has some strong this, neck yeah. muscles. Yeah, I mean, you carried a tiger like, a couple uh, sessions ago, but that's what I get for, I guess, making no, sure I have my notes like, in order. His like stomach just, is up against Kaskrin's back, and, and then, Mango's just resting his chin on yeah, his head. Wisdom damage sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Sheesh. And then Checker just, you know, starts ordering Mango yeah, around, yeah. and he has to go somewhere. And then actually after several minutes of you examining, Self kind of looks down and just goes, oh, Odie, when did you get here? <laughs> just kind of does that, that like little exhale through its nostrils. Because, <laughs> you know, wisdom, perception. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So bit of a, you know, montage kind of thing. Over the next couple hours, the caravan slowly but surely churns to life. Usually the pace of caravan mornings is that a lot of people are waking up when the sun goes up, but that's also close to when the caravan time leaves. So it is very bustling most of the time. But today it's a little slower, a little calmer, a little weirder, certainly, because it's happening in dark. There's a little confusion, but most people are just going about it and eyeing their next destination. The caravan train eventually starts moving along the runic road. As always, you see wagons in front, wagons behind. It stretches out on the great runic road, again, as it has for many weeks now, until a couple hours later, beyond an old but sturdy stone bridge spanning a rushing river, you see it. None of you have ever seen what sprawls before you now, other than perhaps a drawing in a book. But there is no mistaking what this city is. There are huge, towering city walls dyed almost blood red. A deeper crimson hue than any natural stone you've ever seen. These walls stretch upward and outward, lending both awe and a strange, almost unspoken menace to them. Before you is a grand, perfectly symmetrical gateway with massive tiered pillars leading to an also massive doorway. The gathering crowd that is before you of wagons and mortals seem to be made up only of insects compared to what lay beyond them. What could only be the Red City of Agmar. As you come upon the Red City, which was for so many years a seat of power for the Pentarchy, the, we'll call them tyrannical, not evil, tyrannical, sorcerer warlords that ruled this part of the land. Again, you guys know that this city was magically created 
after raising another city that stood in opposition to the Pentarchy and was created basically as a certainly a crossroads of trade, of culture, of all of these other things, but certainly a grim reminder of what the Pentarchy could and would do to those who opposed them. As you are coming up to these grand walls, there are so many caravan wagons ahead of you. Some of them are pulling over to stay on outside of the city walls for the night who aren't kind of being processed yet. And as all of this huge traffic jam essentially is kind of going, uh, some rain starts to come down. Not Nothing too heavy, but certainly noticeable amounts of rain. You guys are quickly put into a little bit of a waiting area. Really, again, it's not particularly orderly. It's just kind of shoved off to the side. And you, for the first time in this journey, once again, find yourselves through who knows what provenance next to the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. I don't know how you guys are going to react. I'm not telling you that. But they are certainly, it's kind of one of those things where you see someone who you know and maybe don't like, but you happen to be close by and you kind of acknowledge, they just, Giannis and the other two see you, give kind of a courteous nod, and mostly keep to themselves, giving you the occasional glance over, certainly. Val will return a courteous nod if she sees it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. The turtle in particular tries to give a big wave to Selv if he's out in the open. Uh, I don't know if he still is or not. Uh, or so, if he is or not. Um, actually, I think Selv would still be inside unless somebody came and said, hey, you you need to see the city. <laughs> um, <laughs> check, check we, would totally do that. Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> like, hey, uh, Selv, I, check this out. I, I kind of figured. And that actually, so Selv will kind of step out of the wagon and look up and see this immense city in front of him. And for the first time in the last several hours since yeah. he has been attacked you can actually see kind of the all of a sudden that tenseness that he had about him is just gone and he kind of has this wonder look in his eye just for a, a brief moment and then it, it kind of settles back in like his, his his shoulders kind of like slump over just a little bit and he will give a courtesy wave and nod to the turtle if he sees him when it you know he'll, he will wave back not as exuberant as he probably would have. Yeah. Well, um, you know, th- he's only moving so slowly or so quickly. So it's a it's a relatively unexuberant wave uh, yeah. on so, the grand so, scale yeah, of waves. So, uh, so Selv will probably mimic the speed <laughs> and uh, probably unintentionally, but uh, mimic the speed and wave back. And yeah, and I, I, I apologize for glossing over this. How is, you know, not just with the verdant wave obviously being kind of right here, but also you see it. You're here. You're at Agmar. You are at the place not only that you've been traveling to for weeks, Mm -hmm. but the place you've been training to go to for months. The place that has kind of always been the finish line to this part of your life and a starting line for whatever is next. So how is everyone feeling kind of as they are seeing these walls or as they're being shuffled to the side or as they're seeing this miraculous view almost next to the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. Val's definitely has an energy of nervous excitement mm-hmm. where she's realizing the thing she studied, she researched, she has dedicated so much time, energy, 
brain space too is happening is real and she has to take a minute she's probably tearing up in so many mm-hmm. emotions going on she's not like trying to hide that yeah she would hide that from the verdant wave because like fuck those guys <laughs> go around the other side <laughs> yeah, of the wagon yeah. yeah but it's a lot of excitement and anticipation that she doesn't really know what to do with it's like it's all building but she's not at the guild hall yet she's not in the gates yet and it's just like all of this is like tensing her up in a good way yeah and making just, her I got this very excited image of uh was it Kristen wig on saturday night live where she's like trying to keep that that secret and it's like yes <gasps> yeah <laughs> yes that character a, where a she's just of, very yeah. excited um if she has too many emotions happening, she'll center herself with a quick prayer and maybe a quick jot down in her journal as like time allows. Perfect. So after Checkers would go into the wagon and say, hey, hey, self, come check this out. It's cool. <laughs> Checkers and Mango would jump up to one of the nearby trees along the runic road and just try to get a better view of the red walls of Agmar and maybe mm. try and see over them a little bit. And you just hear from the top of a nearby tree, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you uh, actually, this is almost a silly question Uh in that I'm talking to Checker, so I probably know the answer. (laughs) How high are you willing to climb to get any amount of vantage point? How high are the nearby trees? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, is maximal yeah, is the right, amount of climbing. Right, um, and even at the top of the tree, he might actually like stand on top of Mango's head and, and then and jump on, and on his tiptoes just to get the best view possible. Yeah, and then occasionally jump up. Yeah, just right. use your <laughs> vertical jump and squish Mango a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll say because you're doing that and have such a high perception, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make you roll for it. These walls are massive, okay. obviously, but the one thing, the one feature that you can make out, and, and it's almost impossible to say exactly what it is, but as you're kind of peering over, you see in the far distance, only barely cracking above the wall, you see something glimmering, even in the kind of rainy weather that you're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Something bright red and shiny glint back at you. Nice. But you can't tell what it is, mm-hmm. but something is over there and you can almost see it. Hell yeah. <laughs> cool. So, sorry, what was the uh, the dwarf rager's name? Barzug? Barzug. I keep forget. I keep wanting to say Bronzong, which is not <laughs> the right thing. No, it's Pokemon. Barzug. So Kaskrin sees the other members of the, the Verdant Wave. You know, he gives like that kind of respectful nod to... Does uh, he give them a you? Verdant Wave? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to be in the guild to be able to do that. Sorry. It's like a, a secret, secret handshake. Secret yeah. handshake. Yeah. 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 But he also he sees Barzug, the Dwarven Rager, and he actually tries to flex. Like he tries to flirt back with her just at the right moment where she's turned around and so Kaskrin's just like flexing for no reason yeah realizes she, that and he's like oh she gives so little shits about any of you <laughs> like she is absolutely like she wouldn't even give you the courteous nod she would just look at you guys kind of cock an eyebrow and then look back at Agmar in front of her and yeah she would pay yeah she's not even the looking. least amount of attention yeah and that really that 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 I am pang gre- of I am, embarrassment I am greeting you by not killing you yeah. yes 
really detracts from like all of the awe of Agmar and all of the walls and and all of the majesty. Cass, are you cramping or something? Do you need like a? <laughs> oh yeah, my arm, my arm. I don't know. Do we it's take that? All, I can carry that for you. Uh, it's been a long, long journey, Val. Yeah, thanks. That would be great. And and out of nowhere, you guys see a vial of something hit the back of Cass, Cass's head <laughs> and explode on him. And you suddenly feel all of your muscles loosen for a second as if you can't control them. And Etris yells, gotcha, buddy. <laughs> and Good aim, Etris. It's like just enough to like loosen. It's not targeted enough to be like, oh, well, let me apply this to the, the affected area. It's just like, well, if we just loosen all of his muscles for a second, then like he a it'll definitely get the cramp out, and b he probably won't poop his pants. So like, <laughs> so, like I think wait, do you have to do constitution saving? There is no Etrus is a professional. There is a fine line. Yeah, and he is riding it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, it's only for a moment, but it's it's enough that if you were cramping. Boy, it would have really solved your problem immediately. Kaskin was really hoping to walk in dramatically, and now he has to get dragged in. He's got to like kind of loosen up, relimber yeah. a little no, bit. I think you're you're still upright, but you can't hold um, anything. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's it comes back quick though. Again, Etris, he's very good. Um, <laughs> your arms are yeah. just like just flailing. I got those noodle arms. It's a no bones day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, future listener, five years from now, uh, as we're you know becoming uh, one of the greatest D and D or role playing game podcasts in the world, there was once this old pug. <laughs> no, you Google it yourselves, and things move slowly. Like mm -hmm. there are so many people, and there is it's a giant gate, but it's a gate that mm -hmm. they're letting everyone through. Have you ever been in those lines that you can't see the front of and you mm -hmm. just must assume like, well, they have to be letting in like one person at a time because oh my, like, how can this how can this possibly be moving so slowly? And so you guys, even over the course of like an hour, a couple hours move like nowhere. So you guys spend a lot of time. You really get to know the cracks and crevices of the great red walls of Agmar <laughs> and also get to spend a lot of awkward time next to the Verdant Wave. Uh, but after a couple of hours. You hear something interesting. I would like to call the gate the bone saw. Because we're not going nowhere. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> From winding in between all of the wagons in front of you guys, again, and there is a lot. There's a lot of activity. A lot of people are kind of getting a little grumpy at this juncture because mm -hmm. they've now had to get up early traveled for a couple more hours on top of weeks of travel and are now waiting right there it's right there it's right there it's a big gate why don't you just let us all in uh so um somewhat noticing that people are getting annoyed Sel will actually take out his flute at some point during the wait and begin playing but occasionally there's an off note <laughs> and, and he'll kind of like snap back and and try try playing it again until either he gets really annoyed looks or until he's able to actually complete a song. You get about three bad notes in before Barzug, the dwarven verdant wave rager, uh, glares at you a lot. Ah, uh, okay. Then we'll we'll tuck the flute back yeah, in. She doesn't and, say anything, but you feel it. Yeah. Um. So, from in between all of these wagons, you see two... How do I want to put this? You see two notable figures. We'll say that. First, I'll, I won't say who you notice first, but who I will describe first. 
you see a large cutting figure totally clad in scale armor. Think classic Roman centurion kind mm-hmm. where they kind of have, you know, that like a red skirt almost, mm-hmm. uh, lots of pleated scales all over and has a big sword strapped to them and even a huge like tower shield that they are carrying, except the scales. So they have a sword strapped to them. They have a big tower shield that they're also lugging seemingly with no effort whatsoever. And over their head is a very intense helmet that has a faceplate on it that is a stylized skull. And they even have the kind of classic Roman centurion, like red mohawk Mm -hmm. over it, but is walking with no amount of malice. Val, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make you roll for this. You would know what this is. You might be surprised that you're seeing it, though. Okay. This is one of the Pentarchy's undead shock troopers that is walking towards your caravan. The Pentarchy, a lot of their most fearsome force were made out of undead creatures that they had animated and put in some amount of, for some people, intense armor, or they were just kind of your run-of-the-mill cannon fodder undead. Mm -hmm. But there, there's no mistaking this creature has all the regalia and making of some of the most fearsome soldiers of the Pentarchy is walking towards your wagon. Val is like rapid checking, fact checking her her own knowledge of like when were these last seen? Is there anything she'd know like why they would be here now? Vibe check, is this an undead creature? Yep. Vibe check if it's an undead creature first, <laughs> then fact checking dates and times. And if her vibe check fails, she'll just turn undead. Just fuck it. Just go for it. Go away. Get out of here. Yeah. The other thing, before we resolve that litany of questions and actions and uh, queries, the other individual who seems to be walking more or less in in lockstep with this person. Uh, Excuse me, I should say more of they're walking alongside lockstep, I guess, implies that they're like matching exactly together. That's definitely not what's happening. Mm -hmm. And Selv, this is particularly of note to you, see a huge dragonborn. This huge red dragonborn where Selv is obviously a tall, kind of lithe figure that you guys have, have seen seen every day for the last several months. This dragonborn is every inch as tall as Selv, maybe a little shorter, but somehow seems almost as wide as he is tall. Uh, he's wearing fairly simple clothing, also in a similar way as Selv, but his is actually a long tunic that is kind of cinched at the waist uh, with kind of a little bit of a cape at the back, very similar to an ancient Greek, not toga per se, but, you know, kind of style of dress. And this creature swaggers up to the caravan and meets Yanis Varga, the two clasp hands and you hear good to meet you commander and that's where we'll end this week's episode everybody oh man
Thanks for listening to Reckless Attack, and we will see you next week. Woo! So many questions.